0: Every 10
1: or 15 years a film is produced that is so overwhelming so forceful in its impact that it becomes deeply embedded in the mind
0: Persons under 18 will not be admitted.
2: This is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band.
3: Hey, what's up?
4: This is Jeremy Palco from The Walking Dead, and this is Still Toking With.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Edson Williams, and I'm going to be on Still Toking With on Dorkinate. Podcast Network. Be there.
1: Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork deadly grounds coffee coffee to die for and zombie approved it's good to get a little
0: deadly use the front door oh they're so disgusting
1: hey hey happy wednesday everybody you're watching still token with and i think this is going down in history as the first episode I did not hit the wrong button. Uh, so my yet, name, uh, yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's early. so far it is. Uh, so my name's uh, Leo. Uh, I'm the monkey behind the keyboard. I might have said that already, but as always, Benjamin, how's it going, bud?
4: Fucking awesome. I'm actually, re- I'm actually really, really pumped for tonight. Oh, same, um, here, same here, but I but I heard another voice, so I'll let you go to him before you come back to me for the uh, introduction.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, he popped in uh mid. Uh... Lucky you, I hear voices all the time, not just uh, once in a while. Well, yeah, so...
4: Usually it's either Jeff's voice I hear, and now it's yours. I mean, I'm not sure, it's just, yeah, it's, it's well, a really freaky thing, I'll tell you. Well,
1: well Jeremy, w- when you hear your voices, do you also uh summon a suit that turns white? And uh... I
2: wish that would be way cooler, <laughs> like life would be so much sweeter but representation right huh
1: and now <laughs> we are fucking out already <laughs> ben did you get the reference no. um
4: yeah
2: moon night we're geeks sorry
4: it's all good it's all good but yeah like i said i'm super pumped. oh ben go, go ahead back back to ja i i i
2: i don't have your signature on this
4: open that book it's on the inside. Is it but on the inside? The first, check this out. The first, oh, you're, hun, I, the first I, hundred that first That's my problem. Printed, I
2: never opened comic books. Nope,
4: no. Nope, first <laughs> hundred that we had printed, we told Joe that we wouldn't sign the cover. We would only sign the inside. Ah. And then after that, he looked at us. He said, you're the creators. Sign the damn cover. Don't be a fan. I was like, wow. Uh
2: right. So well, now we
4: signed sign the where, cover.
2: Where on the inside would you have signed it?
4: Right on the inside. So you probably don't have it signed by me then.
2: No well, look at that! That
4: tells that tells you how much I liked you back then.
2: I know. <laughs> I don't even know how to put it up the right way. I got Listen, broken arm. I shouldn't be doing that.
4: No, you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. Um, next next time we're around. Jeremy, bring it. We'll sign it for you.
2: Oh, no. Now I don't want it signed. I, I have oh, a good. virgin copy. I'm like, I'm kind of, you know, this is probably worth more since your hands haven't been on it.
4: Oh, well, my <laughs> hands were on it, but I won't tell you where they were before oh. they were on it. <laughs>
1: so anyway, uh, enough about may be that. Maybe more than his hands. <laughs>
4: because I, I don't want our guests to pass Oh, yeah.
1: This isn't
2: about food. us.
4: No, no. I mean, when we tell you that we, we get guests from all over the world.
2: All um, over the world.
4: You know we've had guests from Australia and the UK, but tonight we have somebody coming to us from Istanbul, Turkey. Like, like, it's like two o'clock in the fucking morning over there. People. Oh damn! So if he's I awake for the think show, about
2: the time difference.
4: You guys need to be awake for the show. I know, right? But I don't want to keep him waiting any longer because I really don't want him to fall asleep on us. Yeah, yeah, that would be horrible. <laughs> Welcome the amazingly awesome Demir Barless.
3: Hey guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
4: Good evening. Yeah. Good evening. Good morning.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah good morning. Right.
4: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was trying to wrap that up quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, but no, thank you for taking time out to to come on and chat with us of about course. you know the amazing stuff that you've been doing. And My um, so, just for our viewers and listeners, you may hear a slight delay, um, and that's because. He is coming to us like i said from istanbul turkey um so it's not like he's freaking next door like you know leo (laughs)
1: hey you know like no i I never (laughs) that's what i thought (laughs) so
4: tell us a little bit about yourself
3: sure yeah um i was born actually in, in pakistan in 1973 I uh, immigrated to the U.S. with my mom. She was a single mom in uh, 1983, uh, turned 10 in Times Square uh, when it was still dangerous, which I remember, which is a lot of fun. And uh, for my for my 10th birthday, I remember uh, she was kind enough to let me watch uh, Return of the Jedi twice in a, in a oh. movie theater in Times Square. Yeah, she was very, very good about that. Uh, anyway, after that, I grew up in Denver. I was in Denver from 1983 to 1991 when I graduated high school. Uh, went to Ithaca New York went to Cornell University there uh, after graduation went to UCLA film school I was in LA for seven years trying to sell a script uh, came close a couple of times so didn't do it uh, worked I was there as asked to work <laughs> yeah no, no I wish man I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be sitting in this apartment if it did <laughs> <tell> <laughs> even but uh right no but no it was still a good experience um, I got um, I got married in uh, 2003, moved back to Ithaca uh, in, um, must have been 2006. Um, Had a long career there as a, as sort of a data scientist. So um, statistical analysis is what I did like freelance um, for folks. And I've been writing off and on, you know, for a long time. I wrote my first novel when I was still at Cornell in, um, must have been 1994, um, I think. Um, But I didn't get back into writing until... um, until sort of later in my career, after we'd had kids, I'd had twins, Um, and just something I think about being a parent made me just want to connect more with sort of people, and it sort of Mm -hmm. made me think about stuff I hadn't done yet, you know, Um, so it really changed my writing style, having kids, Um, and just thinking in the future, you know, I want my kids to kind of be geeks like me too, so like I want to write stuff that I would want them to read, <laughs> which, which I didn't think was sort of out there, so I was like looking long term, right? So, right. um, I I finished up my first book, uh, which was the God Complex, and I think I put that up on Amazon in, um, I think in two thousand on twenty sometime a couple of years back, and I just finished Kali, which was my last book uh, last year. Um, so yeah, I've I've done that. My first book is pretty much straight science fiction with a dollop of fantasy, and Kali, my second one, is pretty much horror. Um, I think. Yeah, you could call it horror slash chick lit, which I think is an interesting mix. We can talk about that. (laughs) I
1: I just want to give a a big uh, round of applause to uh, Justin with the uh, uh, they might be giants uh, reference. uh. Yes.
4: I was was really trying to keep the dork out of it, folks. I'm sorry. He he was a geek.
2: He's yeah. a geek. like this is not fair. You can't keep the dork out of this one. The, the he he. No. I read all of. I in. I I've only been uh, knowing that I was going to do this for about four hours. So uh, in that five hours, <laughs> but in that five hours time, I read a lot about you, and I, I was oh, going to make the reference since this is still toking and all that. You've lived in three places of the greatest uh, marijuana cannabis. Uh, things you got afghani kush colorado one of the first places in america to legalize and now it's in turkey one of the places known for their hashish i was just gonna say
4: yeah turkey's more known for their hashish yeah yeah yeah
2: (laughs) but uh Congratulations! (laughs) I don't know. I didn't realize that. But uh, I, I, my first question: uh, Growing up in the '70s here in from Afghanistan, you were about ten years old when you moved over, right?
3: I was nine and turned ten. Yeah, in New York Yeah, that's right. Uh,
2: How how was that, like culture shock wise, like? Going from was, I I don't know really the the culture in Afghanistan I'm I'm not up to date but like how is the difference going from because uh, at ten you have memories of being back there it wasn't like you came over at like two or well
3: oh, I I do absolutely um I was in Pakistan actually not uh, probably about two hundred miles south of the Afghan border oh order. I'm sorry but um yeah yeah. Um, well, I was, you know, when I was a kid, I lived with my grandparents because my mom had gotten divorced um, and I, I grew up in a in a family with my grandparents, my mom, my two aunts and my uncle. So there's a lot of people there. I didn't go out of the house too much I was pretty much a housebound kid and, you know, read a ton of books and played with my toys. That's the kind of person I was. Um, but when I went to New York City, you know, we went straight to Queens because my mom had a um, had an internship at the UN. And so oh, they nice. put her up in a hotel in Queens. Very cool. And so that was huge because I went from being inside a house in the city where I barely went outside. So I, I you know, yeah. I didn't have much of an idea even what was out the door um, to going straight to New York city and nobody else was there. So like my whole extended family was, was sort of gone. And during the day, my mom would go to the uh, UN and I would, I would watch like um, like these strange channels that would play like Kung Fu karate movies, like all day long. Nice. Much. <laughs> that's, that's what I did. That's what Very I did cool. with my time. But I mean, I, I just remember that feeling of opening the hotel window and, you know, just being outside this gigantic city and and going from being like a recluse, like a kid who was like in an HP Lovecraft story, right? Like growing up in, you know, the, the Arkham house where he never left to like being in the middle of like this metropolis. It was exciting. I mean, it was was a little scary, but I I still remember like, you know, and
2: and you came over in the eighties. So like, New York Bad at that down. time is just crazy. <laughs> like New York City in the eighties, yes, was and that was like, like a big thing
3: too. Because like I remember, we, we, it we was absolutely. Talk. And and what I remember is when you know we, we had to go, we had to go through Times Square. And what I remember is my mom used to cover my eyes because there used to be like all these porno like <laughs> theaters there. Oh but yeah, I was still like very shocking. She would, would she'd always say, let me just cover your eyes, you know, while we walk through here. So I remember that.
4: (laughs) How many Uh, times did you trip and fall though?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I ever did. I don't remember doing that. I was pretty nimble. (laughs) Uh,
1: I I was going to say New York in the 80s. We just talked about this like last week. Uh, Jeremy, were you on the show with us uh, covering New York Ninja?
2: no i don't think so
1: no nah, it, it's it was like an 80s movie that just got finished and it was we had a big discussion about how bad new york was in the 80s and uh i remember uh uh my um uh, i my mom and brother brought me down to um uh disney world in in the 80s and we drove through new york i remember seeing like burning cars and stuff like that it was like yeah it was new york in the 80s was bad I
4: think it was all in your head. I'm just saying. <laughs> I remember. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> but
1: anyways. <laughs> uh, so so uh uh are you still in uh, data science or uh you know along with writing or, yeah, or... I mean,
3: that's how I make my money, but the thing is like you know, there was there a lot of years um when my, my kids were young and I'm divorced now from their mom, but when they were really young I used to work seven days a week, like three hundred and sixty-five days a year, because um, she she wasn't working then, and just just to, you know to make the money, I'd be working like fourteen-hour days, like regularly. Mm-hmm. Now it's like because also I'm divorced, I don't have those expenses, and I'm living it's just me and my fiance and her dog now, and in a very cheap country, um, I just work maybe four to six hours a day, and oh, wow. I try to save the rest of the time for for my books, for my fiction, for nice. marketing, and also just like quality of life stuff. You know, like, oh, I, yeah. I go to, yeah, I go to the gym a lot. You know, I love training. So I, I spend time doing that. Um, I'm a math hobbyist. I really love math. That's something I do even outside of, um, um, you know, like having to do it as, as a statistician and reading. So I'm, I'm like, you mean I'm really you sit there, there a- and
2: like pull out a math book and you're like 5,900 divided by 12. And you just sit there and do math for fun.
3: Actually, sometimes I do. Yeah, like with my iPad, you know, um, I do. I, my, my favorite type of math is integral calculus. It's, it's, it's what I love more than anything. It's just, you know, like I, I was trying to explain why I love it. And, and particularly, I think like when my marriage was going bad and also when I knew I was heading towards divorce, it's like one of those things that reminded me that there's order. It's, it's almost like a, it's, a, it's a good reminder that there's these, all these little puzzles and they can each be solved. And then you sort of move on to the next one. Whereas writing, it gives me a different satisfaction. It's very open-ended, you know? And sometimes writing stirs up my trauma and writing maybe makes me feel worse (laughs) before it makes me feel better. Um, So it's nice to have like those kinds of hobbies or, you know, when I go to the gym where it's like very, it's routine, I know what I'm going to lift and it's a world of like numbers and solutions. I think it's all part of like that balance. And I um, I think maybe sometimes this is a gender thing. I think men sometimes tend to like over embrace that like, you know, like whether it's like sports or whether it's math or engineering, they'll completely vanish into that world. And from my experience, um, also growing up, you know, the girls and the women that I've known, they'll, they'll kind of jump into literature and sort of the world of emotion a little bit more. And I think one of the things that differentiates me as a writer is that I'm equally committed to both of those worlds. So like, you know, I'm not like, like right. an and Isaac Asimov type, where it's like it's just all the science and there's no characters. You know, my characters are often their mothers. Um, you know, single mothers, uh, women. Uh, you know, it's I, I don't I don't have like the classic science fiction horror guy heroes. You know, so like that's that's also part of my my thing. I think
1: uh, Justin just said uh, they just said that calcula- uh, calculus was relaxing on the last episode of Picard. And uh, he also asked, uh, what's the best show on Turkish TV? Oh,
3: that is a good question. Well, I can answer that. Um, It's actually, they have this show, and I'm not going to give the Turkish, it's it's too hard for you guys to pronounce, but it's called Make Me Laugh, basically. And it's a two-hour sketch comedy show that's like really absurdist. Yeah, it's like absurdist humor. Like imagine like really crazy early Saturday night live sketches, but they go on for 20, 30 minutes at a time. So they're like very involved. So wow. it's like a 2-hour sketch comedy show almost like a movie and they'll have like five mini sketch movies like within that. And it's really <coughs> hilarious. It's my favorite show.
4: Very cool. That was a good question. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like when I like when people get involved, you know? Yeah, it was actually. It, in the, in Thank the you chat. For that.
2: <laughs> what keeps flashing on your screen, Leo?
1: Um that's my camera just uh flashing for some reason.
2: Oh, it makes it looks yeah. like you taking, like...
1: taking freaking selfies. You know, no. I,
2: I'm like, is there some kind of subliminal message going through there? I'm like, what's he saying?
1: No, I don't <laughs> know if it's the cable, but it keeps on flickering. So maybe I need to try and do cable. Um, so uh, just the geek out a little bit, and uh, you know, I, I know I'm gonna poke the hornet's nest because I don't, I don't know too much. But uh, what what uh, what's the uh, app of choice in your your data analytics? Are you doing like uh, Tableau or R or something like well above that?
3: Yeah, I prefer Stata. Actually, I kind of grew up on Stata and I know it's R and Python because they're open source, but I, I typically just gravitate to Stata. It's like the first tool that you use and get really good with, um, you know, for me, that's that's what I stick with. I, I, I can work with R. My preference is Stata. And typically my clients don't care, you know, so I'm just yeah. delivering analysis to them. So it's very rarely that someone will say, oh, you have to use this instead of that. But yeah, Stata for Stata. me. Stata.
1: Ha- have you messed with uh, Tableau?
3: Yeah. I'm lost too Not bad. really, because like I produce, I produce like really good. Um, I produce really good graphics with uh, with Stata, so nice. I've never actually felt the need for it. But I do like the pretty graphics that it makes for sure. It looks. Yeah, good. that's,
1: what I, that's what, I, what I like. You put the uh, the numbers in, and it makes it all look pretty. So
3: <laughs> it does. It does absolutely. That's true. Enough. I just I just sit here and look
4: pretty. So and he does saying. that well. <laughs> so good. I literally uh, felt like. I don't know if you guys ever watched Friends, but Joey, the guy that plays Joey, Troveon, no, but he, he was always, when his friends would talk, he would kind of sit there and go like this. And I was thinking to myself, I kind of feel like Joey right now because I have no freaking clue what they're talking about. And I probably should have brought bought, bought that that book, you know,
3: <laughs> I should have started
4: with that one instead of the W's. I mean, I don't know. <laughs>
1: uh justin was saying uh i i heard tv is uh great over there
3: yeah it's it's actually true like um it's pretty cheap to make tv here and they do a ton of exports right so turkish tv goes out to like a hundred and some countries and it's like a brand now because they do soap operas in particular that i think globally there's there isn't that much competition and they translate well culturally because turkey is like you know it's a kind of conservative kind of liberal it's, it's right down the middle and so their soap operas translate really really well in like the middle east and, and south america central america because they're still dealing with maybe related issues right but like families not giving approval for marriages right or i don't know single women in the workplace because they're actually dealing more with that stuff so it actually ends up being like very globally appealing i think maybe less to the u.s but it's kind of a niche and a brand now so if like people say turkish tv you know, people think, oh, yeah, Turkish soaps, you know, so it's it's yeah, it's 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 a brand and they're very successful and it's pretty high quality, low cost TV. And they'll make hundreds of episodes of stuff like hundreds. Wow. So the content, too, is because like, it's cheap, right? There's this one historical TV show that has 600 episodes in just, I think, like five years. Damn. It's insane. Yeah, the amount of sure. it's on Netflix, the amount of content they produce is crazy. It's like two hours, like every three days. It's 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 insane.
4: Oh, wow, that's it. I know Jeff, you're gonna see this at some point, but we're moving to Turkey to finish filming <laughs> our TV series. Oh, there you go. Because you know what?
1: Yeah,
4: weed smoking zombies in Turkey would be kick ass. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, good, so
2: I got a question about the god complex. I, I was sure. checking it out over on um Amazon and I, I saw the reviews. Do you know Mirza? I do not no I, I was figuring cause the last name was the same. I was like, is that
3: your Oh, mom? Mirza, Mirza? Yeah, yeah, Mirza. yeah, yeah, yeah. I Mirza was like she yes, loves I she your book. Marissa. No, no, no. no. <laughs> That's Mirza, yeah. I was That's reading my
2: uncle. like yeah. I was reading and her, her her review hey. was great because like it goes into details about the book and actually sold me on the book. I I I'm ordering a copy. Um awesome. But uh I was just, then I saw the name. I
3: was like, oh, that's messed up. I got suckered. <laughs> oh man, there you go. See, that's that's stuff I've never been good at. It's funny because like my uncle tried to sell me on on marketing, right? And he's like, Oh, you gotta work with these people, you gotta do that. I really, really struggle with that because I, I feel like I'm just a pure author. And it's funny, my fiance now, she's much more she was in sales, like tech sales for like a very long time, like 25 years. So she's the one who's like much more excited. She, oh, we're going to get it translated. We're going to go here. We're going to do that. We're going to get you interviewed. And actually, like, I really appreciate that because I don't, I don't have that mindset for myself. Like when I'm done with a book, I don't really know what to do with this. So <laughs> I just, I just keep writing.
2: No, I, I, I'm, I'm really the, just from her review and the, the, synopsis on on your website i was just like this sounds really good you know it's a post-apocalyptic like,
4: like yeah it was i was, re- was not it the, sounds the, really the interesting on it. it does it does it sounds it sounds actually amazing
2: yeah, they actually
4: like
3: both—they both do actually. Good, and I
2: want to know about the the survivors outside of this like dream state colony. That 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 is what's going on. Like all these people are stuck in kind of yes. I don't want to say like a matrix, but something like that, kind of in in a coma state where they're like kept happy.
3: Yes. Yes, and so I th- my idea was like very much like a positive matrix, and the idea is that everything except your brainstem gets turned off, right? So like your brainstem Mm -hmm. is where your most basic pleasures are. Yeah. And so when you're in this kind of matrix of pleasure, you know, as as you, you could think of it that way, you experience the most pleasurable things for you. So like whatever you personally find to be the best thing, right? That your body could ever feel. But these aren't complicated pleasures. It's not like, you know, you wake up there and it's, oh, I can read any book I want. You know, like I can philosophize. It's like the higher parts of your brain are turned off. So when you go into that soup and you start dreaming, which is what they call it with a capital D, you really lost your consciousness, right? It's not your higher brain that's working. It's it's sort of your reptile brain that's being amused. Mm. But to go to your question, basically the people who are outside, and I, I, I want to like not spoil it definitely for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I do want to answer your question. Um, the people who are out there are kind of a mishmash of all the other societies that were out there. And one thing that I always kind of struggled with in apocalyptic movies was the surviving tribe would be very culturally similar. Mm -hmm. Right. So like you think of like maybe Mad Max. Right. It's like a monoculture. They all speak English. They all have like similar names. You you can tell like they all came from like the same place basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like I wanted to mess with that a little bit. So I gave my survivors like very, very, very different names, like names from like all over the world. And I wanted to emphasize that they just, they look different from each other. They're they're a tribe, but they're like a very polyglot, you know, like a sort of a multi-ethnic group of people. But they are Earth's survivors. They, they actually survived the thing that put an end to our civilization about 2,000 years before the book began. So they're out there. And I wanted to, I think, I, again, without spoilers, I wanted to create um, a kind of juxtaposition between like a super, super advanced world, mm. right, where we are way way in the future it's it's the highest level of technology versus people who are still out there trying to escape storms basically right so it's a stone age culture versus a future culture i also wanted to see a contrast between those and so i put that up there in, in the book as well very cool and
4: folks for you watching listening later on you can head to where leo
1: Well, if you happen to check out the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us, you can find all the links uh, for our guest there, including his website. And from there, you can hop on over to Amazon. And I believe uh, if you are a paid uh, Amazon Kindle Plus subscriber, whatever it is. uh, It's free. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But we don't want you to, to have, have it, it for free. We want oh, you to well, buy it. You have to, if you subscribe to like the Amazon Kindle I Unlimited did. or whatever. I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's because the, the you know.
4: I told him <laughs> to go buy it. Well, Listen, that's part of my job. <laughs> that's good. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. It's <laughs> well, you know. okay.
1: Money, money's I, still I flowing. Money's them. still flowing because you need I a know, subscription for that, and I'm I, sure Amazon gives sure. a.
4: <laughs> We're coming up on the half hour. Do we, with this new computer system, uh, do we have commercials piped in, or did we forget? Yeah, we
1: do. We. I'm do. just What's asking. It's the service. Asking. Well, what commercials should I run, tonight? I, I do.
4: I do want to say one thing, Leo, that I have noticed about this new system that you're running is that your camera is this a new camera too
2: no oh yeah you look
4: fabulous. you look dude you look so Sharp so
2: crisp like the, yes, the colors kidding. in your camera right now I, i'm like I'm, I'm blurry i'm like it's true yeah but it's that's because nice you
4: smoked have... that's because you smoked the bong before you came on you're well, not yeah, blurry but... it's just oh you.
2: and rich i'm sorry i am a show whore
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh i saw that comment yeah,
2: yeah it's it's like Demir was saying like I'm in the middle of a divorce and like Mm. you you find that thing that makes you feel good and like podcasting makes me feel good so if somebody wants me on their show helping out I'm more than happy to be here
4: listen I've said it a hundred times and I'll say it a hundred more times you're always welcome on our show because literally if it wasn't for you interviewing us and then Leo stealing the interview the next day, I wouldn't be up here doing this. So these two over here, both of them right there. That's the reason why Jeff and I are doing this. So if, if it bothers you, yell at them.
1: And uh, I, I just have to say, you know, I started all this because, you know, I wanted to do something fun after my first wife. So it was like. You know, it's, uh, you know, everybody ditched the first wife and then you can do <laughs> <fantastic>. <laughs> you make it sound so nice, Leo. <laughs>
4: second—oh, well, my case, it was nice. Wife, yeah. So <laughs> the second wife is like, who's your guest this week? I got to rewatch that one. You know, and I'm like,
1: right. yeah. um, no, my wife no. now is like, well, you just leave me out of it. Just leave my it. <laughs> girlfriend is
2: wicked supportive. She thinks this is like the bee's knees, I guess
4: right right
1: but totally uh yeah we do have uh commercials to run oh yeah uh do do
4: the do the do the bw um correct rich and um i don't i I don't pick one Uh, okay here we go i don't care coffee no we already
0: thank you for supporting actors and others for animals we started a long long time ago So, when you find an organization like Actors and Others for Animals, it sort of unites all of those of us who want to pay back something for all the joy we get out of animals. Please keep up the good work. Believe
1: me, it's deeply appreciated. And uh, here's randomly another ad. <laughs> Benjamin, no, that's good. I'm happy. Okay. So, so Damir, uh, talking about the uh, uh, the God complex, uh, you know, talking about apocalypse and everything. What what are your thoughts about you know uh, uh, life on Earth as like some people think we're like on this uh, fourth time around or something like that, where we've gone through an apocalypse before? Uh, some people think we're like in a simulation. So bringing in the uh, Matrix part of it, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, stuff like that? Uh, did we lose you?
3: Yeah, and it's it's interesting you say that. Um, um, just from a distance, just from a distance, I've followed in physics. Yeah, there's some theories about this being a simulated. Universe and my idea is actually uh, a Robert E. Howard response to that where there's a there's a Conan story and I want to say it's Queen of the Black Coast actually in which uh, Conan is talking about philosophy and he's, he's kind of making fun of it, you know, and he says, you know there, There's some people who think that You know, like things aren't real and you know, like this this is like a dream and he's like, you know What like all I care is that I don't know I can taste beef on my tongue I can taste <laughs> wine and I can have sex and for me that's enough like I don't care you know, yeah. like, and I actually love that answer. Yeah, I think it's like the best answer that I can give. It's like you fucking know, if, Tony, if, if if the most philosophical deals. dude ever. No, but isn't that interesting? That's what, I, and I'm, yeah. I'm getting it wrong. And I hope readers will will look up that story. And I'm pretty sure it's Queen of the Black Host. But something very much comes up there, right? Where he's describing how he's heard from civilized people and philosophers that you know, oh, is this real? Is it a dream? And he's like, if it's a dream, I don't give a shit because I it still feels yeah. good to me right. right I'm still out there chasing my stuff. And in terms of you know like the global situation and you know all the extinctions that we've gone through right and, and maybe in the next extinction we're gonna show up. Um, so it's not just that we are perpetuating it. we might be the victims of it too. I don't know, man like I feel that it's because I'm older and I've just gone through so much pain in my own life. like I care much much less than when I was a kid or when I was younger where I felt like I had a bigger stake in it. You know what I mean? Like I, I'd be one of those people in a horror movie who'd just be like, well, let me do the, I don't know, let me have my beer, and I don't know, smoke my last cigarette." Because really, that's all. Yeah, me, all me about. and Camerica killed first. You know, <laughs> it's just that's how it feels to me.
4: No, I see now, Jajar, I don't think he would get killed first. It's always the blonde who trips over the air that gets nah, killed first. The stoner <laughs> and the
2: black guy get killed first. Star that's true that's as well,
4: man. That's right. That is true. That is true.
2: Yeah, oh. I'm going down in the first five minutes. I know. I'm like, <laughs> there's a serial killer out there. I'm dead. But I'm gonna be high as hell and happy
3: about it. See, there you go. Exactly. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh or if it's nuclear, you know, we're close enough oh, to yeah. the military oh, no, yeah. bases. Where well that's my I thing.
2: saying like the apocalypse thing. Like right. say if like I don't know half the world disappears like I was watching one of those you know what would really happen and like we have so many nuclear power plants and stuff like that without them being run properly it really would be an apocalypse within a few days like we the world would be destroyed it wouldn't take much it would no, take it less wouldn't. than what we think yeah right. That's right. I mean the world would come back but we wouldn't be most of us at least wouldn't be around for it
3: that's right. And would we want to be? That's no, a question. Probably not.
4: <laughs> I would just for a little while just to see what it was like.
3: Curiosity, right?
2: Yeah. Curiosity.
4: Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those, I'm a very curious person when it comes to stuff like that.
2: You know, right down with time travel. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Just jump in, check it out for a little while. Yep. Yep.
3: And come That's back, me. right? Yeah. 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 So
2: we've,
4: we've talked a little about. bit about. We've talked a little bit about the God Complex, um, but let's talk a little bit more about your newer book, Callie. Can you give okay. us a uh, give us some some background behind what's going on in that book uh, without giving away spoilers? Um, no problem.
3: Um, if you don't so the the, the the genesis of that idea was was actually I don't know my thought about whether the Earth deserves saving, right? And this is something that comes up a lot in comic books. It comes up in science fiction. And there's always this cynical point of view, right? There's always this person saying, is it worth it? Like, do we save it? Should we save it? And it made me think of something that I hadn't for a long time, which is Kali, the Hindu, Hindu goddess of death, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing about her and how she works in mythology is when you summon her, like when she gets summoned, it's because things have really gone to shit, like terribly, mm-hmm. like even the gods can't figure it out. So they bring her. But the problem with bringing her is she doesn't think it's all worth saving. So, you know, like she'll come and she'll destroy, I don't know, something evil, right? Like a demon who's threatening to take over the world, but she'll trample over a lot of other stuff too. So she's Mm -hmm. like this real wild card where, you know, she, she doesn't just come in like a, like a surgeon, right? To just take out sort of the bad thing. I love that idea that, you know, what if, what if we put this, this goddess, right? Goddess of destruction right in the middle of our world, what would she consider worth saving and what would she try to destroy um, and what I kind of plug that into, and this isn't really a spoiler, it, it's, it's the first chapter of the book, um, it doesn't give away all that much, the triggering inciting event is a sort of a corporate robber baron who ends up destroying a village in India because his chemical factory hasn't been properly prepared. It isn't vetted. Mm-hmm. So because of that, 7,000 people die. And I actually was thinking about a real disaster, the Union Carbide disaster in Polpal, India in the 80s, which killed about that many people, actually. Mm-hmm. And the guy who is the CEO, he was, um, you know, he was indicted in India. But of course, you know, he lives in the U.S. There's no mechanism to ever have him be responsible for that. But in my book, I made him more of an actual villain. Like this is something that he's more responsible for. And what happens in that village is that there's one survivor, one only. And he decides to pray for Kali to show up and take vengeance on the man who did that to his village. What then makes it interesting for me is that man is himself connected to a company that's a very large company, right? So it's not just one person that, oh, I want revenge on this guy. This guy's embedded within a company and his own son is a criminal. And his connections to a woman here, an American woman actually, end up sort of driving the story along. So there's a man, in, and it's very, I guess, global too, you could, you could say. Mm-hmm. Because a man in India wishes for Kali to arrive and avenge his village but guess what? She arrives into the body of an American woman who's a veteran, who's a, who's a bereaved single, was a mother, but loses her son. And so she's in a state of deep sadness. At the same time, the sort of science fiction element of it is that this woman, the vet, she's been subject to an experiment that gives her really accelerated healing powers. So when Kali inhabits her, you know, normally Kali burns her human bodies because she's, she's a goddess, right? So she can't inhabit long. Uh, but this woman, uh, Tess, the one she inhabits, has this self-healing body, so she can really inhabit her for as long as she wants. And they make a kind of a dangerous combination. Because, you know, we have a, a female goddess Avenger mm. who's not very happy with civilization in the body of a mother who's lost her son and who's grieving, right? So what, what happens when you put these two women together and drop them in the middle of Manhattan? And highly basically. trained
4: yeah yes
3: and but the thing about Khalid, i should i should emphasize that she's not just a spirit she's 20 feet tall and essentially invulnerable right so she's she's like a giant so she arrives in our world and she, she can't be really taken down with i don't know conventional weaponry so it's it's also if you can envision it's it's not like a normal size person and over the course of the book she just she grows bigger and bigger and bigger her anger makes her bigger so yeah yeah that's that's the story now, in a I'm nutshell intrigued. but um that is cool. Yeah.
1: So uh, the concepts of, of both your books are, are very unique. And just uh, I, I just love them. Have you thought about maybe taking some parts of the books or, or maybe writing some additional stories and teaming up with like an artist and doing like a comic?
3: Oh, all the that time. And I, I got I to gotta tell you, I'm, I'm just so influenced by that. It's just my world is so small. Like I don't know too many people. I just I joined Facebook like the week I got divorced, like at the end of like 2021. Before then, I just, I don't know, I had my 10 friends on Facebook and I I deleted my account, but it's just much more recently that I'm trying to expand my community because I definitely see my work also as visual and I love, love, love comic books, like absolutely. Even though I'm a novelist, you know, like I I don't know, if I had to pick the best living writer, um, who's not me, (laughs) I would pick Alan Moore. So oh, there you Alan, go. I'd pick Alan Moore, and I wouldn't pick him for his novels either. I'd pick him for for Swamp Thing. I'd pick him for Miracle Man. You know, like so. For mm-hmm. me, I I pick Frank Miller and his dialogue. I I'd pick Al Ewing and the Immortal Hulk, or Rom V, who's doing Swamp Thing right now. Like I consider these people to be serious writers, and so yeah. Mm-hmm. To I mean, the brief answer to your question is yes. And I think over time now, because especially I've been rejected by a lot of agents. I will want to do adaptations, and I very, very much want to do graphic novel stuff. It's just I need to know more people to make that happen.
4: Well, i got to say, you're looking at three right here that can definitely help you with all aspects of that.
3: That would be so wonderful, guys. I I would appreciate that so much. I'm
4: not sure if you know that or know this, but this this broadcast show is a spinoff of a comic book series that me and my other co-hosts co-created. Which okay. which is right there. That's yeah, issue it's one. Good. We just yeah. came up with the fifth issue. So we've worked with a lot of artists. Uh Leo being the Leo being the, the artist of is,
2: this was on just last two weeks ago.
4: Two weeks ago, yeah. Oh,
2: okay. Well, the artist of the cover uh, the cover, the cover artist, yes. Yeah, the cover sorry. artist who was Wonderful. Joe Saint
4: Pierre. Joe Saint Pierre, he did all the uh, number one selling sh- Spider-Man covers sh- in history well, for Marvel. That's well, he,
1: he he's on record for having the most uh yes, number the most, one, number, one most number one covers. Most
4: number one covers. For, Spider Man, yeah. yep, yep. for Spider-Man, yeah. For Spider-Man. I'm sorry. Yep. That's okay. Nice. <laughs> Listen, hey, I mean, I know... Now we're going to dork out because I know the artists that we have worked with over the past four and a half years. Um, but... Well, your, your recent
1: artist, Dal Merge, is amazing as oh well. Oh,
4: my God. Dal... Dude, th- he is freaking amazing. Amazing. We, we totally scored when he decided he wanted to become the in-house artist for us. I mean, like, he is just... Issue four and five, man, see you later. Cover to cover. Done. Insane. Insane. Great artist. But yes, in all seriousness, Demir, if if, if that's something that you'd like to entertain, you can reach out to Absolutely. any one of the three of us and we can put you in touch with, you know, artists. If you're having difficulty storyboarding, you could always give me a shout because I storyboard with my co-host, all of our comics. Oh, that's great.
3: Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate we, it, guys. I'll definitely follow up
4: with that. Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, But this isn't about us tonight. This is about this gentleman right here who stayed up past 2 a.m. in Istanbul,
2: (laughs) Turkey, folks. All right, I'm asking the door question now. Do you collect anything, Demir? Are you a collector of comics Um, or toys?
3: Yeah, I, I... I should not probably confess to this, man. I, I look at unfortunately the pirate comic sites because I just I don't have the money uh, to collect <laughs> anymore. And I, I, I don't know. I don't want to confess to it, but it's it's the truth, man. It's the dark truth. I and I also live in Turkey, right? And so the thing is like I have there's almost no comic books here. There's a zero comic book culture. What they do is they, they translate some of the bigger graphic novels into Turkish. Like just the other day, I was in a like a the equivalent of Turkey's Barnes and Noble. And they had um, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run as a a trade translated into Turkish. You know, he's actually a lot of people know Alan Moore in Turkey because his stuff gets translated more often than than anyone else's. But I don't, you know, I don't, um, I used to when I was a kid, I used to collect the X-Men and I had like a huge collection, but I sold it when I went to college because I needed money. And you know what's sad now is I can't remember why I needed the money. Which is unfortunate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, remember that.
3: I just remember that I ditched it and I, I had to run going back to like the eighties, I think I, not the 1980s, uh-huh. but somewhere in uncanny yeah. X-Men eighties all the way up to, I think the mid two hundreds, like uh, all the way. If you remember the, I, I think the, not the mutant massacre, you know, I don't know if you guys remember. So there later Chris Claremont stories where, um, Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, where the X Men they they get destroyed in Dallas and they get like resurrected. I can't remember the Fall of the Mutants. Yeah, that's where my collection ended, and I only had a few gaps there. So that was a pretty big, you know, that was pretty big. But yeah, I I I ditched it. I sold it. <laughs>
1: and, and you know, uh, nothing wrong with with reading them online. You know, it, it's uh, I subscribe to. There's three main services. There's Comicsology, Marvel Unlimited, and DC. And half the time, it's just easier to find it on one of the other sites than use those because their their libraries are such a mess, or there's gaps, and you got to go from one service to the other. Exactly. Take a year to put them out. Oh yeah. Plus, I
3: I have like a curiosity about like some really expensive comic books too, right? Like I I don't know. I want to look at I want to look at X Men number two. You know, like I want to do that. And so, how am I going to do that? I I I bought a you know subscription for my kids who are fourteen. They're twins and they go on Marvel all the time and, you know, they'll come and say, well, this venom issue isn't there or, no. Oh wait, secret wars. One is missing, you know, yeah. like stuff that I've told them about and they're just like, wait, that's not there or wait, you have to pay $6 for that, you know, and the oh, other absolutely. one's free. So it's, it's, it's not like a reader oriented experience either.
1: No, no, especially since uh, they got bought out by Amazon Comicsology, It's just complete mess. It's uh, which is sad, you know, it's just uh. But uh, I, I hear uh, um, Plex maybe starting to do comics. So that'd be oh, interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, somebody sent me an article on it. I, I need to read into it. But
3: you know, plus, like, I want to throw this out there. I mean, some of the more extreme comics, like, I don't think you're going to find them on the paid sites either, right? I don't no. know. I'm thinking about. Right. I'm thinking about Faust or you know, Crossed. Those are just like two of the comic books that were like influential for me. I don't know if you guys have read those or you know, mm-hmm. followed those. I, I've yeah, crossed. Yeah, crossed. Um, and I want to say it's Garth Ennis, but it's it's pretty yep. extreme horror. And uh, then there was Faust, um, which was I think uh, I can't remember Quinn and Miller. I, I can't remember the artists of that, but it was basically I, what was fun about Faust was what happens when you take uh, Wolverine and you put him into essentially an X-rated environment where anything goes, right? So like you you see the damage that something like that would do. Like into oh, yeah. a real body in real life, so that kind of stuff. Anyway, you know, yeah, you can go back and find I don't know DC horror comics because they're pretty tame, but a lot of the horror comics that I follow aren't, and so I'm pretty sure you're not going to get those on on oh, those well, services, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: I'm I'm actually reading Invincible right now, and that's not on those services. It, mm-hmm. it might be on Comicsology, I'm not sure, but
3: it, I think what's yeah, what's interesting what's interesting man. with the boys. I I don't know what you guys think about this, but one of the things that's interesting about the boys and garth ennis is there's a lot of extreme stuff there but because of the amazon show and the popularity of the comic book it's it isn't sort of in that dark zone anymore like a lot of people know about the boys who ordinarily wouldn't because that level of violence is not normally associated with something that popular um you know and i'm even thinking about you know when you think about the walking dead for example you think about the comic book it's really oh, yeah. not that extreme. It's not. I mean, I, I enjoyed The Walking Dead, but, no. you know, like, The Boys has I've stuff in it that's, like, insane. when you think was... about it.
2: Have yeah, you the, the Walking Dead was pretty uh, tame. I mean, a lot of yeah. people died in it, but, like, it was never, like, super gory. It was more like, oh, we killed a bunch of zombies. And you're not really worried about zombies being killed. And in In The Boys, you're watching, uh... you know, citizens walking around getting ripped apart.
1: Yeah. Exactly the, the, the mini series they, they did is just absolutely insane. The uh the um the cartoon. Have you seen that? I think I watched that. It's friggin' uh, uh, bonkers. Holy oh God. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: diabolical.
1: Yep, diabolical. Yeah, and walking dead is just a money grab right now. You know, oh, yeah, y- I don't
2: watch that at all.
1: Well well, yeah, it's still on uh and they're doing yeah, yeah, some uh <laughs> the last season they split off into three parts, but it, it's, uh, uh, the comic, they, they started reprinting the comic about color. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: okay. I heard about that. Yeah. Calling it
1: deluxe, you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, they did that for a while. They were doing the, uh, once it had gotten really popular, they were started doing it, redoing it as, uh, popular? the weekly or something like that. Walking dead week biweekly. weekly. That, that, that
4: show like was that. popular.
2: Well, no, not the I show, the, the, the comic book, because it got so expensive. They, Oh, yeah. You, you guys <laughs> had your own fun with them. Is there some kind of non-disclosure? For two and a half
4: years, we had fun with them. So, yeah. Anyways, the hell with that, and back to our amazing <laughs>
1: guest. <laughs> You know, uh, Jeremy just asked our guest if he collects anything. It, oh, it went to comics, you know, nothing wrong well, with that.
4: Well, it went to comics, and then it went to the TV show, and then to their <laughs> comics, and then it was over here, or over here to the two-sided of the dorkiness, and, and our poor guest is over here going, oh, actually, maybe that was me. I, That's you know, probably if I, you. if I had little e- emojis that I could put up behind me right now, there would be a bunch of little Zs. Like, Okay. Back to the guest. <laughs> what the hell was that? That was my I alarm. Think it's the alarm. Oh,
1: yeah. I need to take my pill. Oh, we'll take your pill. I'm going to take my pill. Oh, Okay. <laughs>
2: so, are you still working on uh, You're done with Cali. Cali's out, right?
3: Yep. It's been out for a while. Um, sometime last year, it all blurs together. Last year was just a terrible year for me. Um, I'm. I'm working on a on, on my third novel now, but yeah, yeah, Kali's out there, and I think it'll be interesting if, if, if you know, ever I accumulate readers who read both of them, because they're very, very different stories, um, Yeah, and I think that, you know, yeah, stylistically, you might be able to tell it's me, but um, yeah, Leo, I think it was you. Yeah, it, it takes me a really long time to come up with my setups, because I'm not, like, I don't know. I don't don't want to run him down. Maybe it's a bad thing to say, but, you know, I'm thinking about Stephen King and it's like, okay, dog attacks someone, octopus attacks someone, clown attacks someone. And it's like, and then you fill in, I I don't have that. Like for me, it's always a character and then a very strange world that they live in. And somehow that character and that world have to be completely wedded to each other. Like Mm -hmm. it, you know, Mm -hmm. like for example, for Kali, I didn't start out by saying Hindu goddess ravages the world. I actually started out by saying what would happen if a bereaved mother had a lot of power to do damage right so this this is not like i don't know a highway sniper but mm-hmm. what if this is someone who actually has you know almost a cosmic level of power what does she do in that state of sadness for example does she still have a conscience like what does she want to re- you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. for me it's like character first and then it's like the layer of speculative fiction is how do i raise the intensity of an emotional experience right so i mean think of it this way you're going through something sad, what would happen if, I don't know, you're a superhero and you have the power to destroy a city like in the middle of your sadness? Like, What do you do with that? For me, it's the emotion that comes first, and then that secondary question is, I guess, what you'd call the high concept. But for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, the concept comes first. You know, it's oh, I want the city to be destroyed. Now I'm just going to dump a bunch of generic characters in there to make that premise work. And that's not how I work.
2: So if you had the power, would you be good? Or would you be evil?
3: I've actually thought about it, and I think really both. And I actually, uh, it's a great question, um, Jeremy. Depends one depends on side like, of me you're on. <laughs> if you're my friend, everything's good. <laughs> well, you know, one of the, what's kind of related to this is, is my it's probably my favorite line in horror fiction. It's um, it's a line from The Hellbound Heart, um, the original of, uh, of Hellraiser. It's the short story from which Clive Barker does Hellraiser. And when the Cenobites show up for the first time, um to Frank, he yeah. he says, What are you? Because he's very confused by how they look. Um, he'd expected women, actually, right? Like slave women to come and pleasure him, but he sees the Cenobites. He says, What are you? And the pinhead character says, Angels to some, demons to others. And that like really stuck with me too. You know, you said, Would you be good or would you be bad? And you know, like sometimes like I feel this too. It's like uh absolutely it's it's a question of perspective right there are people you're super close to there are people you're not and i know i'm thinking about like how my own divorce felt and one of the emotions that kind of drove me to the edge was thinking well it turned out that all these things i thought this person wasn't capable of doing or wasn't willing to do actually existed but just not for me and that made me think of Clyde barker's line like a whole lot angels to some demons to others. right it's not like just a person going through life and it's it's a homogenous experience, right? They're the same person to everybody. That right. same person that can just be a demon and destroy you. To somebody else, that's their angel. Yeah. Well said.
1: Yeah. Very well Thanks.
4: said. So, um, like like we've mentioned before, the God Complex is out. Cali is out. You can find that in...
1: In the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us.
4: <laughs> and that's what we pay him for, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, and you wait, mentioned. Wait, 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 I get paid. What?
2: Hold
4: on. Oh no, wait. That's why you pay us. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. My yeah. bad. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, hey, um, you're working on your third book or your third novel.
2: Um, yes. Are
4: we going to see a series? Uh, would you be inclined to give a little taste? to the yeah, absolutely. Of maybe what it's about it, to look for or you know yeah don't yeah want to put no, you on the
3: spot. no no I'll do it it's a it's a pretty wacky idea but I'll put it out there um the the idea is about a scientist um who whose wife dies and he's a brain scientist so that's what he does um but what he discovers is a way to enter the thoughts of the dead so pe- you know, people who have already been dead, their thoughts have gone out into the universe. And mm-hmm. by the way, I don't want to take credit for this idea. I'm very influenced by, I think it was Miracle Man 16, where Neil Gaiman took over from, from Alan Moore. And one of the ways that they were able to resurrect people was to actually bring their brain waves back from space. Like there was this alien race that was able to actually mm-hmm. like, find your, your brain waves, which had never died. They'd just gone across the universe and pull them back and put them into a body. So like that's how they resurrected you. So yeah, I, I want to give full credit there. That that oh. was the genesis of that idea.
1: A- actually, uh, but, there's. Oh, I'll let you continue. Then I'm gonna. I'll find the actual word for it.
3: <laughs> okay. So yeah, my idea was that this this man, um, his his wife dies, and when she dies, um, he's still in love with her. He misses her a whole lot, but then he discovers that she hadn't loved him, and she'd had a very long affair with somebody else. Um. And what he does is what he does with his power is he brings her thoughts back, but he enters her thoughts to punish her. Oh, wow. Oh, so I like, like that part. is like, if you think about the cell a little bit, that's what he does. But here's, let me, let me, let me give you even more of a concept. Now, he enters her thoughts to punish her.
2: Is the consciousness uh, put into a, uh, is it left inside like a brain or is it in a body? That no, no, no. It's to...
3: like, it's it's in, a com- it's in a computer. It's in a computer. Oh, so basically okay. wow. he's captured all of her thoughts, right? every thought she's ever had. And he's able to go in there. And by the way, it's not just a punisher. He goes in there because it's the ultimate, he has, he's missing closure. So he wants to go in there and say, why, 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 why? But guess what? Because he has a lot of power. It doesn't stay with just asking why he, he actually has the ability to, to make her pay. And so when he's doing that, Unfortunately, one of the things that happens is Earth itself starts to become unstable because of the physics that he's messing with, like things start to disappear, like a big chunk of Denver disappears because of this thing that he's doing. And so they actually have to, like, assemble a team of people to, to go into the computer with him to convince him to stop doing what he's doing or to kill him because otherwise the whole Earth is going to vanish. So that's the story.
4: <laughs> wow. I- I'm very intrigued by that one.
2: I want right. to live inside your brain for like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's <some> weird shit. <laughs> right.
4: I, I love. I love the thing I love about our show is being able to talk to authors and creators and really listen to how they come up with these things behind it. You know what I mean? It, it's just it's it blows my mind because nobody
3: is ever the same. No. Ever.
2: The analysis is very strange for everybody. I'm very open
3: about, like, stuff with my premises. Like, you know, here I was thinking about, I very much remember that scene from Miracle Man, and I always knew that I was going to do something with that. But, you know, if you take that and you add it to my divorce, and then you add sort of the third step, which I already know the ending, uh, This I'm not going to consider this a spoiler because who knows when it'll come out or if it'll come out. But the idea is to talk this man out of what he's doing. Right. So I yeah. thought this, the, the final stage of this book is acceptance. Yeah. Basically he has, he has to choose between his ability to satisfy himself with whatever vengeance he's pursuing or to let go. And I always thought that that was, you know, for me, that's a fascinating end to a story, a yeah. villain getting talked out of it, you know, like basically someone saying yes. And, and the way it works is the woman who sent in there after him, she experienced something similar and it turns out that when she shares her experience with him, that the catharsis that it provides actually brings him off that ledge where he doesn't have to do that, that thing anymore. Mm. It's that human touch that actually brings him back. Wow. You know, because they try all this other stuff, right? They, they try to stop him with, with weapons. They try to stop him with, like, viruses. They, they, they do all this stuff. But in the end, it's just a woman who sits down and spends 10 minutes talking to him that gets him to stop.
2: Demir, you're not allowed to talk anymore. You're going to give away the whole story. Not that I'm not enjoying <laughs> this. I know. Like, it's like, oh, I'm yeah. sitting here. I'm like, okay, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> go ahead. Keep yeah. going. So
4: basically, uh, he just gave you 12 pages of a 300-something page yeah. book, maybe? <laughs> it's going to be about that, yeah. So, yeah, you're still going
3: to have to buy the book. Now, Sorry.
2: Do you, do you do cons to push this stuff or anything like that?
3: It's funny. I actually had two lined up, but again, this, I know this comes up a lot, but this was before my divorce and before I left America. So I had two lined up. I was going to take my daughter to one of them because she, she's published her own book. Actually an agent oh, is nice. also looking at it now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once I left, it's like, uh, you know, I didn't do that. And so in the future um, we're, my fiance and I are, are most likely going to come back to the U S maybe in the next year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going to get more aggressive with that for sure but yeah for now i'm just here writing and surviving
2: (laughs) you planning going back to colorado or
3: it's funny i'm wide open now you know because for a long time it's basically tied to my kids but um i we miss la um actually i should put this out there my fiance now is my first wife so i we were married for three months in 2001 wow and then i found her again at the end of 2021 so almost exactly 20 years later
1: Oh, wow and
3: yes and so we're we're back together if if you ever go if any of you know my facebook page and you scroll down i actually have a picture of her marriage 20 years apart oh wow well i you know, like our, two, one. Our, our engagement ceremony and our marriage right so it's it's us but 20 years apart which is i think an amazing picture uh, if anyone wants awesome. to go i'm, on gonna, I'm gonna have to
4: scroll i'm gonna have to scroll through your facebook and find that i mean because i do see a lot of your posts yeah. And I and I'm kind of like living vicariously through you as you're taking pictures of different places in Turkey and stuff. And I'm going, man, I want to <laughs> be there like I so want to be there, right. but I can't. And I and like I said, you know, I've seen some of your some of your lifting um, video shorts that you do or. Yeah. Yeah. I put those you know. out there. You know, I'm like, wow, this dude is, you know, you you guys are only seeing from here up. But if you go to his Facebook page and see some of his videos, he's he is no joke. (laughs)
2: <laughs> He's it's no like joke. carrot top.
1: <laughs> uh just to dork out for a second to uh rewind about the the thoughts in the universe and everything uh uh mm-hmm. so i i found a name of, of what was on the top of my head uh it's actually uh the akashic records it's uh something from buddhism uh and it's it's the thought that all events it's like a universal uh um thought that we all share you know it's like a universal consciousness that you know we we can tap into like all events past future uh you know are are like all intertwined with all knowledge yes like a stream of consciousness out there that we can possibly access
3: absolutely and if to tie to horror if you guys you know if you look at altered states for example it's it's very much that with with a plot You know, this idea that we all have the same story playing in our heads Mm -hmm. and we're still cavemen, too. And we're even that still first cell. Right. It's still in us somewhere. The thoughts and fears of everything that we've been. I, I love that idea and that interconnection. See, that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited. Unfortunately, I think in our genre, a lot of people don't. You know, like they don't start with that kind of stuff. Like to me, that idea is exciting. And now I'm looking for a horror premise. But if you start with the premise, you're going to miss depth somewhere for me. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like that idea is so rich. Like out of that, you get character, you get plot, you get so much. That's why um, it takes me forever to come up with ideas. You know, some people will mm-hmm. have, I you know, six ideas a year. I've been, you know, over the past eight years, I've had three ideas that are worth novels.
4: Well, I got to say from what I've seen, heard, and hopefully will read soon they're pretty kick-ass novels.
3: Oh, hell yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate pretty that. Kick-ass. I mean, I don't want to write for the sake of writing. You know, like, I only write novels when I'm like, I'm so excited that I can't sleep. I can't sleep unless I work on that idea. To mm-hmm. me, that's the test of it. If I'm sleepwalking through it, then it's not worth it.
4: <laughs> so basically what he's saying is he's enjoying the show because it's like 2.15 a.m. right now. <laughs> no, it's three 3.15 Oh, it's 3 15 AM, a.m. In, in Turkey and he is still awake and he's still smiling. So I, I um, love it, man. I love you guys. It's been a lot of fun. I love it. We've we've had a blast. I know Leo, you got another show tonight.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna
4: say let's let's give another two minutes to this one and then we'll wrap it out.
1: Sounds so good. Sounds good. So, Jeremy, you gonna join us?
2: Uh what 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 time? Uh
1: hmm. nine o'clock.
2: Uh, what are we doing?
1: Uh, JJ Cohen from Back to the Future.
2: Oh, damn. Skinhead. Yes. Let me check in with the woman.
1: No, no, sounds good. Sounds good. Let me
4: check
2: in with the woman. (laughs) Oh, you know, going through a divorce. Don't want to get into another one before I finish the first one. True that. True that. I'll give you that one.
4: (laughs) Hey,
1: uh, happy wife, happy life. You know,
4: right, right. So, like I said, folks, we've got about two more minutes with this amazing author um questions comments get them in the chat otherwise
1: you snooze you lose yeah but a bunch of people watching uh oh, you know there's yeah, been a yeah, there's lot a of people. comments so uh you know just uh if you have questions just uh just throw them in there and we'll we'll get to them
4: jeremy what about you you got any last questions for this amazing guest
2: Oh, I think I went through most of my stuff. Hold on, I do have notes. I keep notes.
4: <laughs> I already threw my notes away. I that was like halfway through yes. the show. I was like, the hell yeah, away.
2: I think I'm pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I think I pretty much covered everything. Like, uh, yeah.
1: Okay,
4: I oh. just want to make sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, last question I had, uh, actually, it's a two-parter. Sure. One. I knew it
4: was. All right. <laughs>
1: Uh, for, uh, for people that are looking to, uh, you know, they, they have ideas in their head, they want to get them out. Uh, you know, what, what are some of your processes that you would recommend somebody to start writing? And second part of that is, is there any application that you use or that you like to use like Scrivener or anything like that, uh, for writing?
3: Okay. I, I just use word. I'm, I'm pretty straightforward. Um, and just to save time, I already have sort of the Amazon template, which I write in because oh, you nice. know that's the one I'm gonna publish. So what I like about that is I see exactly how it's gonna come out when it's when it's on Amazon, right? So the pagination and the font and everything is already all set. So that's a little shortcut for me so that when I finish, I don't have to take another week reformatting it for, for Amazon. In terms of my advice, um, I gave the same advice to my daughter too, what let her finish her book. Um, I write a page a day. It's like an iron rule for me. And if I go crazy, I write maybe two pages Um, because motivation is, doesn't trump habit. And, you know, like I've had those days where, you know, I wrote like 15 pages and then I write nothing for two months. Mm -hmm. And so the way to move forward and to tell your story is to tell it really one page at a time, but to never go backwards. Um, And also I think to add on to that, Is That's that's what lets you finish. But to add on to that, if you have a very strict chapter structure in your head as an author, you you should be able to say, you know what, in chapter two, these people are going to meet. And so guess what? If you're like halfway through that chapter, oh, now I want them to go out for coffee or do something different. Don't leave that chapter until you finish your business. So what happens is if you know, it's going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. Because the first day you work in that chapter, they just met. The second day you put in the emotions when they met. The third day, you put in their thoughts when they met. So depth comes from that. But if you get out of your chapters too quickly, if you advance your plot too quickly, you you, you lose that depth. So all my chapters, for example, are the same length because I want to know when I'm done. Like, oh, that chapter is eight pages, and the next one's like twenty-five pages. They're all the same length, so I know when oh, I'm done and what I'm working towards.
1: Oh, nice. There you
3: then I don't get frustrated. I just I fill it out, and then I can move on to the next chapter.
4: I kind of, I kind of write the same way,
3: to be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. works for us, right? Yeah,
4: yeah. The comic book series actually uh, was written as a book series, so oh, we okay. just we just ended the first book, um, but we decided to go, uh, I guess, flip of what you did. You know, you're writing the books, and and you could really pull some great comic books from those books. We yes. wrote the book instead of publishing it, pulled the comics first oh i see you know what i mean um so hopefully hopefully 2022 will be the year that we actually strike the book deal because it's actually i wish you the best of luck you know um so that's actually a a great great question leo and a a great answer from demir thank
1: you Uh, so so follow-up question how does uh um one get on amazon is uh you said uh, you can download their template, uh, but if you're going to like sell a book on Amazon, uh, how, how difficult is the process?
3: Uh, it's very easy. It's very streamlined. It's, it's, I think it's called Kindle Direct Publishing, um, and you can sign in with your regular Amazon information once you're there. Um, what they just ask you for is your book in a template, which you can kind of download their Microsoft Word template if you want. You can kind of pick the font and how it should look. Um, you put your stuff in there. You need a cover and you need your back cover. And so you can use your art or you can use their design template like for the god complex i actually did pay someone for the front cover in the back i i got my own design but for kali if you're looking at that it's a generic amazon template i didn't pay anyone for that it's very very easy so by the by the time i did it for the second time it didn't take me more than an hour um you price it yourself um and you know you put out your kindle edition you put out your paperback and you can also, you can change prices depending on if you want to sell it in different countries. I just pick like the same price, you know, for every country. And then you can choose to, um, you know, have it free through through um, the Kindle, the, what, what's it called? The subscription. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, to answer your question, like a new person can figure that out in a couple of days. Okay. And you can, have your, you can have your book like from your hard, hard drive to Amazon and honestly less than a day if you're motivated. Wow. Nice. Wow.
1: Uh, I I was just asking because my sister recently passed away and we found she had, I don't know, it's like 75 so far poems that she's written. And, uh, you know, for her memory, my mom wanted me to put them together and see if we can get them on Amazon. But it's, uh, you know, it's going to be getting that into uh, into the computer first. But it's just crazy that she was she was just there there sitting, writing (laughs) and uh, didn't really share with anybody. Crazy Mm -hmm. stuff.
4: Yeah. I've only shared a few as, as has Jeff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Well, uh, I know we are at time. uh, So we'll wrap things up. Hopefully I hit the right buttons. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening and Holy crap. My lights just went on. Uh, yeah <laughs> uh yeah so uh for me just google leopon you find a bunch of stuff could be true could be not i'm not gonna say which is which, but i run a little thing called the dorkening podcast network we got a crap ton of shows uh, a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff a matter of fact we're gonna be live at 9 p.m eastern tonight talking with jj cohen uh, from back to the future and uh, he wants to talk about some of the other stuff he's done like the principal and firewood fire and stuff like that uh so demir where do you like people interacting with you on social media
3: um, I'm pretty active on Facebook. Uh I have a lot of friends there. Um so Facebook is is probably much much better for me. Cool means
1: jar jar.
2: Uh Facebook, Instagram and always check out Comic Book Lovers Buy Sell Trade and Auction largest Facebook buy sell trade and comic book blah blah blah. <laughs> i lost it
4: yeah you you were going good for a minute there you were going good for a minute there Benjamin. so uh stilltoking.com you know we're on facebook youtube twitter twitch instagram tumblr uh I, I haven't mentioned this in a while but i think we had a myspace at one point so i think it might be there but i don't really use that anymore so i don't know it, what's there you
1: never know. It might come back
4: you know? it, it might it might and that's why i put it out there um definitely want to thank Demir for taking time out of his sleep uh, <laughs> to come to us from, yeah. you know, Istanbul, Turkey, folks. I mean...
1: Not Constantinople. That's
4: right. <laughs> <laughs> to all our veterans and first responders, we want to thank you for doing what you do every day so people like us can do what we do. Stay safe. We'll see you next
3: week. We're out of here. Bye. Good night. Good night, guys. Hey! Come home hey! Step it off, break it down and lose it Come home hey! Come home.